EJ, one of the co-hosts of Behind the Mask. And joining me today is Lorian T. This episode is episode 36, The Masks of Perception, that Lori is about to introduce. But just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. I just love that we start that way. Um, so um, what is perception? Uh, every day, most of us have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all of the social media platforms where we're discussing topics and sharing our pictures and feelings. And I don't know about you, but I think lately it has definitely become a place where people's opinions can cause fights, division among friends, it makes people like me want to avoid sharing their opinion online because I don't want to cause problems. And I kind of tend to run from confrontation. I'm, I'm getting a little better with it now, but I just tend to run from it. And so the idea, so I think we wanted to dive in today, just kind of talk about how this happens and why this happens and what maybe we could do about it. T, what are your thoughts on this? So it's it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately too. So um, it's very disturbing to go in and see people arguing and tearing each other down uh, like this person is some that they're talking to is some sort of evil person. It kind of actually, it's kind of funny. It reminds me of a video I've seen recently where you have two dogs at a gate and they're just barking and lunging at each other. And all of a sudden the gate opens and they both just stop. And that's sort of what I see happen with people. Like they're so ready to be what is being ter uh, termed as keyboard warriors. They're ready to attack and, and really yeah. tear another person down. But you put those two people in the same room and they're not likely to act the same way, right. I would hope. Although I think we're seeing a change in that even. Um, but one of the things that I noticed in, in these arguments and whatnot is that oftentimes people are... Um, just talking about two different parts of one whole thing. And so oftentimes, if people were to step back and talk, we'd real, they would realize neither one is actually wrong. They're both describing different aspects of the same thing. And so there's that matter of perception. And so that's sort of how we built in, into today's episode. Yeah, I like it. So our brains will, well, okay. So what would be, let's, let's think of something, what would be a topic that, you know, we, we could be talking about something historical, we could be talking about something that we've experienced, right? We could mm -hmm. be talking about the latest, you know, EJ was just showing me some, you know, uproar lately regarding, you know, M&Ms, you know, and I was like, this is really a thing? Like, why? Why are we even talking about this? You know, it's an M&M. Mm -hmm. This is, <laughs> so. and that's definitely a factor is the importance thing that, you know, why is this important to the people talking? And, yeah. and, and for me, a frustration is I don't mind talking about problems and working out conflicts if, if it's working towards a solution. Yes. And so I don't, the, the mindless, it's like, why, 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 
why are we even talking about this? Why is it? Or if we're talking about it, what's the solution? Okay, you've clearly laid out the problem, but don't tell me what the solution is. And so that's kind of one of my pet peeves, actually. Um, what I what I like to do when I'm talking to people about this, and I've been doing recently with folks, is I do an activity um, to kind of represent what I'm talking about. So I'm not actually going into a sensitive topic that will then explode in my face as I'm trying to talk about it. So um, I'm gonna kind of do it here. Um, it's a little bit different than what I do at my office. I usually use my business card, but if I were to hold this up to the camera, can okay. you see it? Yep. What do you, what do you see? Go red. for it, Eva. I see red, I see black, I see yellow. It's blurred because of the blurred background, but I, I, I can tell that it's an Uno card, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know what's, you know, that. Oh, and it has a white border. Right. Mm -hmm. But I disagree. Right. What I see, I do see red, so we can agree on that, but I see the number one and I don't see any black on there or yellow. Uh, the only other color on there is white. So you must be wrong. Right. Because that's not what I see. And yeah. it's clear. It's not blurry. Well, and which is pretty I amazing because I'm not wearing my glasses. Yeah, I see that the only thing that's really important to me is the yellow in the middle. Right. So you guys are below both looking at the, the same side, even. That's a good example, too. You're looking at the same side, but yellow stands out to you more, Lori. Whereas EJ, it was more important to describe the whole. It, so she, because you guys are two different people. Looking at the same side, that can happen. But when right. you look at the other, oh, look how clear that is. Ooh. Right. Anyway. <laughs> and it's then amazing it's not. how this blurred background works. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have a blurred. See? <laughs> but again, yeah. no, that's a good point. And I, I really like that. And it's true because there's always two sides of a story. There's two sides of an argument. There's two sides of a situation. And sometimes we're arguing about the same dang thing. We're just trying to go about it a different way. Yeah. And you know, and I've, I've even seen it's it's an old image, but it's a it's a comic, and there's a six drawn on the ground in the dirt. And there's a man standing on one side that looks and he can see it as a six, but there's a man standing across from him that's turning and looking down, and they're fighting over whether it's, it's a six or a nine. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Each of them are right because when that number is flipped upside down, it's a six or a nine. And I think that it kind of happens in so many things. I mean, I'm to a point where I don't even want to be on social media unless I'm specifically posting something or I'm looking for something specific because there is so much junk out there. I, I don't want to get into it. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, that, so that's the thing. It either suggests a solution <laughs> or let's, you know, find the point i mean sometimes that's that's really important is what's what's the point what are we going to get out of this when we're done is, are we just getting out of it oh i won and and at what cost right so um that's the, i think for us that's why this topic is so important is because right. perception really does impact how we approach things well and i think too i i've i've seen it a lot on tv shows and i've also heard about it um like in those um like crime dramas and stuff where you know they give somebody a lie detector and they actually pass the lie detector test because 
they've believed in the lie for so long that suddenly it becomes reality to them and the reality actually just kind of faded away. But in reality, they actually did do like killed somebody, stole something. But for so long, they believed in the lie that they just, that was the real reality to them. Mm -hmm. And so they, it didn't come up on a lie detector because to them, that wasn't a lie anymore. Right. And again, right. that's perception. That's, mm -hmm. they're perceiving it as this is the right way, or this is what I'm doing. And this, I didn't do anything wrong. And then it turns and it actually, they did do something wrong, but their mm -hmm. subconscious and their mind suppressed that to give them a better memory or a better thought or a better um, story for that situation. Yeah. Asia, you were One of the things, oh yeah. Oh, sorry, Lori. One of the things I do with clients too, is I have two different uh, pictures, so to speak. Uh, on one set of one pictures, if you look at it from one angle, you see a rainbow. If you turn, if you move to the side and you look at it from another angle, you see a shamrock. So when I work with clients, I'm like, when you shifted positions and looked at it differently, it became something else. Right. Another activity I do is if you look at the picture from one angle, it's a sailboat. Mm -hmm. If you shift to the other position and look at the picture, it, the sailboat is still there, but now it's smaller and there's an ocean and there's all these things that are happening right. under the ocean. So when you change your perspective, you can see more of what's going on. Still the same sailboat. Right. But you can see yeah. more. I think EJ was trying to help me earlier. Um, had a favorite show that I used to watch a lot called Amsterdam. And I'm sure many people have heard of it. Um, I love it for so many reasons. But one of my favorite characters is the psychologist, Dr. Um, Iggy Frome. And when when we were talking about this and writing up our notes, and I, I really wished I could have found the scene that I wanted, but T, what I'd like, so in the episode, the doctor helps a patient who is sure that he's afraid of something and he's afraid of this. He has every right to be afraid of it, you know, and he sits in the office and they go through this entire process where he tells the story of what he knows to be true. He's seen it. He's got images and everything in his head. And he tells the story. And later on in the episode, and there's a couple of different things where he's talking with another doctor and she is sure that it was her mother's fault of why her father left. But then when he goes back and he basically just tells them another version of the story, or in the young man's case, he actually did some research because it was a public thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And he shared with the young man what actually happened. And it was different, you know, but he said, it's not that you were wrong. He goes, this is what your brain, it filled in these gaps. Right. And based upon your past experiences, based upon your fears and all of these things, this young man was so certain that this was what he remembered. And yet 
when it was viewed again through that public eye where lots of people, it wasn't that way. And, and I'm sure, you know, you can help us understand that a little better T, but it was so fascinating to me because I just, you know, I'm a trauma, childhood trauma person and, and I'm pretty sure that I know what I know, right? But there's gaps there and there's, there's a lot of pieces missing. Mm-hmm. And so well, I really don't maybe know. Yeah, I mean, I, you, when we were watching, because we were watching videos on YouTube trying to find that scene you're, you're talking about, and you cro- came across one, and I'd been seeing it too, and this young woman, uh, high school student, they had done at a school, they had done a live shooter drill at the school, and she was terrified of going back to school, and so she was missing school and dropping, skipping school, and I don't know all the situation because I've never watched the series, but um, she, they found out that it was actually just a drill that a guy had come in with shooting blanks into the other classroom. And, but those kids perceived that as real. And the principal was trying to say, oh no, we, this is the best you know, live shooter drill that we could have, blah, blah, blah. They're like, it's the best. We need to keep our students trained. Yeah, but he finally ended up, they didn't have a counselor on staff at the school. So he did a big assembly and invited all the students. He's, he started asking all these questions like, do you feel afraid? Were you scared? Do you think about this? And it came out that most of the students were thinking about it, were scared of, they didn't want to go to that place they were when that first happened, like, because they thought it was real. The teachers were treating it like it was real. Everybody was treating it like it real. And this girl specifically had watched one of her friends get shot, but it was fake and she was in on it, but the girl was terrified. And it, her perception was that was real when it actually, it wasn't. And but she, she didn't, didn't know that at the time. And, yeah, and it, it was, yeah. her, her body didn't know that. Her body responded as if it was a major trauma because it is. Yeah. So that's a really important thing to consider is that there's parts of our brain that can't tell fact from fiction. Its mm. job is to keep us safe. Right. And in keeping us safe, if it senses a threat, it puts us into fight or flight and whatever mm. we need to do to stay alive. But that particular part of the brain, it's the amygdala, cannot tell fact or fiction. It cannot, it does not. That's the job of our front part of our brain. But if we're in danger, it doesn't allow the front part of the brain to have a say. So, um, and that's what would have happened to that young woman is in every way that is actually, it's like it actually happened. It might Mm -hmm. as well have been an active shooter for that little girl's brain in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm thinking there's a, the, the term for that is vicarious trauma. There's a, a term called vicarious trauma. And I think it's very much related. Um, yeah, we can be traumatized by what happens to someone else as well. Um, if, if, if our brain perceives it as happening to us, or we we have a certain kind of connection with that person. So, um, we don't even have to see it happen. So if we hear that a loved one, let's say was in a horrible car accident, received horrible injuries, depending on the proximity and relationship to that person, that can become a trauma. Um, so, and, and then you start having these trauma responses and it's super common for people who have experienced trauma, not to have, to have gaps in their memory, to be missing certain details that you would think they would not forget. Um, and that's another way of the brain trying to protect itself is trying to like, okay, 
And people, some people are like, but yeah, I remember this part of it. And that's even worse. <laughs> the brain does what the brain does when it's under stress. And so um, there's not always a lot of sense or reason to it. Um, all it's doing is trying to stay safe. Right. And, right. Um, and in order to do so, it has to make quick judgments, mm-hmm. very fast judgments. And, and in order to take action, whether it's the fight, flight, freeze, whatever, to stay safe, it has to make those quick and snappy judgments. And um, that part of our brain, that piece that perceives um, and makes judgments is um, can leak into other areas of our life, which is actually related to what we're talking about, because um, it has to fill in the gaps with information. And so I think, Lori, you have some information that you found in that area. Oh, just that, you know, that everything that we think is reality, really, it's, it's our own reality. Mm-hmm. Because everything is seen through the lens, the lens of our past experiences and who we are. And I was thinking about, we talked about the social media thing. I think often when we have a conversation face to face, we're a little more reserved. Um, we're a little less likely, most of us. Um, there are some quick to anger and quick to temper and you know just jump in but I think that most of us when we're having a face-to-face conversation we we are willing to just kind of hold some of that back and be like well this might not be the best way to say it or you know whatever for whatever reason we're able to slow down a little bit but when going back to that social media piece do you think there's something connected with the fact that maybe we're not face-to-face and so we don't yeah. have some of those immediate fears? And so then we yeah. just start spewing out whatever comes yep. to our mind and response. Yep. And Be- because that's not a, when we're on that platform, whatever it is, that's not another person on the other side of that. There's no face. There's no expression. There's no social cues. There's nothing to indicate that what you said could have devastated that other person. And we can more easily result, you know, just end up in this place of name calling and some nasty stuff, like nasty accusations about this other person, you know, nothing about, except for Mm -hmm. this one thing. This one thing is the, what you're using to judge that entire person. And it's because you can't see what it is you're doing to that person in that moment. It's sad. And I think, and I've, I've heard conversations, you know, and in our, it's been brought up in our church, you know, even when, you know, the pastor says things like, you know, I've seen fellow, you know, brothers and sisters at church say things that they shouldn't be saying and talking about things they shouldn't be talking about. Um, and he's also, you know, I will know, remember one time there had been a discussion of, you know, there was a couple of people from church had been arguing basically on social media and people called him out. They're like, you guys need to take this conversation away from the public because anything you put out on social media is on, it's public. It means, yes, you can have a locked Facebook page and a locked Instagram where you're not like the whole world isn't seeing it, but there's people can still see it. And I think I, 
unless you're going to put positive vibes out there, I don't really need to, you know, and I, and I know that that's, I don't want to cherry pick my life. Like I don't want to just show the good stuff, but I also want to be mindful of anybody can see this. And I don't want to put something negative out there. I don't even want to hint that I don't like X, Y, and Z because then I'll never hear the end of it. Even if it was just a random comment I made one time. Um, and yeah. I feel like social media is just, it's, it's a tough animal to deal with just in general. So that makes me think of a couple of things. The first one is that the thing to remember too, when you're on a platform and this can be include texting and messaging people face to face, you're going to imply a tone to it. And that can be influenced by how your day is going. That can be influenced by your own inner demons, you know, your own mm -hmm. negative thoughts, you know, and it's filtered through that. So you may be misconstruing it. Right. Um, and then what, what was the other thing I was thinking as you were talking about that? Oh, it's really important to remember, and I want to put this out here because I think we forget what you see is not what you get on social media. If you sit there and you see someone and they post these beautiful family photos and all these adventures and activities, do not hold your own life up to these other people because they are cherry picking what they show. Of course they are. And I would encourage that. Please share with me your beautiful family photos but I need to check at the door of right. comparing myself or my family or my life to what I see on social media, because what Amen. we see on social media is not the whole picture. Dude. Sorry. I had to go off on that rant because I yeah. see so many people get just torn up because they don't feel like they're good enough because they're not measuring up to their people. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had somebody tell me that I was being too open and honest on my Facebook page once. As in, I was sharing too much of my life. I was sharing too many pictures. I was sharing too much about my life and that I didn't need to share my emotions. And I can't remember the specific time, but it was, and I was like, mm. and now, you know, Facebook has the memories option. And I think even Instagram is starting to do that where you can share, like, it'll tell you, oh, you posted this story last year on Instagram. Do you want to share it again? Or do you want to put it in your memories? And for me, like if I do post something, it's because I want to see it in a year or something and be like, oh, I remember that. And I, every once in a while, I'll get a message that says, hey, do you remember this? Or, you know, this is a trip that you and Lori went on three years ago today or something like that. Um, and I, so I'm kind of using my social media as more of a diary of, you know, things that's going on in my life. Um, and I but, think that's a great idea. And I'm yeah. curious, you know, just maybe it might be a bit of my own peevishness, but the person who made that criticism, what did their social media look like? Absolutely nothing. So why were they even on social media? Why get on if, if you know, I didn't, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, okay. So, hmm. This was you know. like, five years ago just yeah. so yeah it yeah. wasn't like yesterday but it was it's it's some time ago. it stuck with you yeah it, it did their so. words stuck with you but I, so here's my i 
my grandmother's uh, voice is in my head. You know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, right? You know, and that is a, a good societal, you know, but I think where, uh, how do we find the balance? Because, you know, we've been working in this podcast, you guys, every we've been sharing our stories and, you know, I am trying with every fiber of my being to be more authentic, to be more real, to be, and we've, you know, we've talked about toxic positivity versus purposeful positivity. I, and, you know, I've been told that, um, you know, I need to show more weakness or show that I'm, you know, not Wonder Woman or the, you know, that I'm not the perfect, you know, mom or, you know, and so I'm trying to be, trying to be more real and be like, nope, I'm having a rough day today. You know what I mean? But I, so where, how do we find that balance? Yeah. How do we, how can we be more real? and authentic and transparent and vulnerable and yet not, I don't know. The simplest answer I can think of is ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? What do I, what is my purpose? So I think that gets a little bit lost sometimes. I think we get a lot of shoulds. Like I should be this, I should be that, I should do this more, I need to do this more, I need, but why? Why? Why do we need to, for some people, uh, I know that have to pour out every little problem they have on Facebook. And then you look in the comment section, they're looking for that validation. They're looking for someone to swoop in and save them. Somehow they've translated and that's that's fine. Okay. Use your Facebook, use your social media, however you want to. However, really encourage the question of why, why that sometimes I'll delete my post before I hit set, you know, post, because I realize that I might be falling into that. And do I want that? Why am I posting this? What am I looking to get out of it? If I'm looking for validation, this might not be the great place for it because I might, that might backfire me. Um, I really like that. That's a beautiful, perfectly wonderful response. So, and I think, and I think there's even a scripture that says, don't do anything out of uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit. So if you're doing it purposely just to get attention, just to get um, comments, just to get likes, then there's no need for you to post it. And I think I gave up on the whole, if, if one person likes or comments on my post, I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just, I'm like, cause I'm not doing it to get be the center of attention or anything. And I think some people do it just to be the. And if, mm. if that's the case, that's okay. All right. But yeah. I would encourage anyone who's that's the, what they're out for on social media is to get that feedback and validation. I would challenge that person to check in with their day-to-day people-to-people life as well. Um, It's okay. If you want, you know, we get proud of things. I'll post artwork up that I've done. And Mm -hmm. I do like it when people like it or commented on it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I posted it. I wanted that feedback. That was my why. 
but right. I'm also sharing it with my husband or showing it to my kids or my coworkers or whatever. I'm also sharing it there. I, my only validation isn't from social media. Oh, that's a good thing too. That's that balance that I was talking about. And I think you're right. We have to have it in real time and in real with those that we love. I mean, you know, I'm constantly talking about my tribe, you know, and, you know, yeah, those are the people whose opinions really matter and, and who I value and, and I, I want that, but yeah, I'll post a picture, you know, I'm getting into photography, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I made it into a, you know, virtual gallery, you know, here's the one I, I won with, you know, what do you think that kind of thing or, but, and it, it is nice to get likes and, and yeah. comments and things, but you're right. It can't be what drives us. Right. It, it can't be. And when it is, I think that's when the dangers happen. And that's when the, it's when it becomes unrealistic and not helpful and not healthy. Yeah. And well, it skews our perception. Yeah, yes. exactly. Which, you know, as, you know, as we like to kind of do in our second segment, we like to do kind of how do we combat that? How do we, what, how's the positive that we can do to this? And like, how can we change our perspectives? How can we um, see that there's another side? How can we be reminded that there's a second side to things? Um, how have you guys dealt with it in the past in your professional and uh, personal lives? I would say one of the biggest things, and T mentioned it earlier briefly, but I do it a lot. I will often backtrack and, you know, I'll start to type something and I, I totally comfortable now with just erasing that whole thing. And, and just knowing, asking myself, but I'm going to do that more asking myself, why, why am I responding? What is it I want to get out of this? What's the purpose? What? You know, and that I think that really will be a huge that right there is one of the hugest things we can do is ask ourselves why. And oh, uh, remember, um, EJ, you and I, we've worked with this client in our publishing company. And one of the most important phrases that they said was that, that I absolutely loved the power of the pause. Um, is that Danny Souk Brown? David and I, Danny Souk Brown, they're twin brothers. It was um, amazing. Yeah, and they wrote a so book on speech. Impactful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, David and Danny Souk Brown, they're twin brothers, and they wrote a book um, called "Talk It Up: A Guide to Successful Public Speaking." And one of their tips in there is talking about the power of the pause, pausing for a moment to before you continue on your speech you don't have to fill it with ums and uhs and you know give yourself a moment to pause because sometimes that pause is enough for people to soak in what you said but also to give you a chance to rethink what your your next direction is without the filler words that can sometimes make you seem go from professional to like amateur and like no seconds flat <laughs> um if you guys are interested in that book, I can leave a link for Amazon for you guys to pick it up because it's a really awesome book. I highly recommend it to anybody that's doing any kind of public speaking. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's like that. one of theirs. The power, the power with the pause and that redirection. 
mm-hmm. and that reflection for yeah. yourself and for your audience or whoever you're speaking with. And I just really like that. So in, in therapy world, we uh, talk about being comfortable with quiet. <laughs> to to be able to sit still in the quiet place because sometimes that's when the client will go a little bit deeper is if you just sit in the silence for a minute and and be comfortable with it not get uncomfortable and start and stuff like that just be comfortable with it and and ready and all of a sudden they just go deeper and it's and it's kind of surprising for everyone in the room because it's like, whoa, there we go. That's what we're talking about. But, you know, and, and yes, sometimes occasionally I do get that kind of excited when they do it. But anyway, um, uh, I think another thing is we need to know ourselves. We need to know who we are mm-hmm. as an individual. And we need to understand that we're talking to another person that we know very we likely know very little about most of the most horrible things i've said seen i've seen said in comment sections or in these arguments they don't even know each other like they literally don't know each other and then how much value we put into that topic being aware of how much value we put into it and what we want out of it, again, that why, what do we want out of this? What are we hoping to get in taking this stance right now? Is this a situation where my stance is actually going to make any difference at all? There's a lot of times, like I'll delete a post, but there's times I'll delete a comment too, because it's on like a YouTube um, channel and something will be said in the video. I might, I'm more likely to comment on that. But if I see an argument, the other day I saw an argument, I'm not going to go into it because it just ticked me off something. Someone said, someone said something. And I'm like, how dare they? And I started typing. And then I went, am I going to change this person's mind? I don't even know because I don't know them. And likely as angry as I was about it, I probably wouldn't, I would have made it worse because I was angry and it wasn't coming from a place of meeting in, in the middle. I love that you said that because I was thinking, yeah, knowing another perspective exists that can dampen our animosity so that we can see solutions. And you hit upon that earlier when we were talking about the why and we were talking about some of the other things. I think it's important when we're responding are we adding to in a good way to the conversation? Is, is there purpose with what we're saying? Is, or is it full of animosity and anxiety and angst? Or because do you just wanna own the other person? Yeah, right. And sometimes, don't you think, I mean, we can all become obsessed with being right. We wanna be right. We wanna want to be the smartest person in the room. We want to be, you know, we just, we want to be right. And, um, you know, I know we Americans have a definite reputation for being very competitive and very, and I'm definitely, you know, I like to win. I definitely like to win. Oh yeah. But, I know. 
I, I think my uh, partner there today had a really rough time playing cards with me. It's still stinging. <laughs> um, like it was, yeah, it, it was, but, but there again, you know, it's like, yeah, there's a few times I want to throw my cards across the room, but, but again, what T said about the why, why are we playing cards? Is it to win? No. Is it to hang out and have time with your friend? Yes. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, when people get that. And so we always, we always comment that we're making playing a friendly game. And so we try to make it fair. Just at some point in the game, she just went way from fair to like, I think she had every run and every um, version of a canasta you could have. And I was like, and, and then she had gets like all no cards down. Hooting hollering about it. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I like, have, how can that I even be? In, as I've grown older and I am more mature with that, actually, I don't do too much of the hooting and hollering. Most of the time, I just sit back and try to be quiet. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, they're like, yeah, I try to be a little more quiet about it. I don't celebrate it too much anymore. Except <laughs> <laughs> inside. Unlike okay, there's two sides to that conversation. So we're going to leave that for another time. <laughs> like um, i said my partner's still stinging over there yeah that, yeah that was a little sting we only played three of the four rounds because there's no way i can catch up no way um uh, what but was yeah it when I, said when 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 she's trying to lose and you realize it then you can throw the cards at her yeah and i you know and i think that kind of happens in our life a lot you know we we come across come upon a conversation and it's like okay you insert yourself in here are you ready to handle the outcome and the consequences of the conversation yes and you kind of have to ask yourself that is this really a battle i want to fight and i know we say it at church a lot it's better to be righteous than right because sometimes it's better to ad admit defeat or just say i'll agree to disagree than it is to have that deep discussion that could cause a rift in a friendship, cause two friends, two family members to just never speak again. And it happens all the time and it's sad, but sometimes people's ego get in the way and their, 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 the reasoning, their why for doing that, it's tough. I know many of friends who've lost family members because of a conversation. Mm -hmm. there there was an incident this is a few years ago where there was a comment on uh, a family member's uh, post and I was pretty offended for my family member on her behalf because of the way this person approached it and I didn't have as much restraint at that time in not responding and especially when it's a family member because then I'm just going to be a likely a little bit more fiery um, <laughs> but and it started off a fiery conversation I, I mean I lit back and then they went to light back at me and they made an, an assumptive remark and that's what the conversation was about is assumption mm. and they had assumed um they had accused her of something and had some of it had to do with assumption. I'm not going to go into the de details because I don't want that debate in our comment section. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but 
they had made an assumption about me based on my, and it was a fairly simple comment. It was mostly just defending her just saying, Hey, you don't need to be like this with her. And then they made an assumption about me. And I was like, isn't that what you just called her out on? And that person sat back. And what was amazing is we both had a conversation after that. We had an opportunity for a conversation and we both took it. We could have continued slinging insults at each other and -hmm. calling each other names and making those assumptions. But we were both able to kind of sit back and realize we were two individuals talking to each other and we might have something to learn from each other. And we did. I love that. And I think that's the most important is if you can do it for the right reasons and have those conversations. I mean, and I've had times where I've seen something online that I not liked somebody say, and I've actually confronted them in person. And like, you know, I really didn't like what you said. Can we talk about this? And we kind of advise that, you know, don't say something, you know, take it private. Just yeah, I was going to say private message is a thing. Yeah. And, and I, I know that I kind of go back and forth mentally with text messages and stuff. I, I like communicating in text because it's usually short. But I also know there are certain conversations you don't need to have in like text form. And if there's a heated conversation, just let's have it hash it out. Let's do it in person. I, I don't know, or on the phone. Because I've seen many a times where somebody has been in the situation where they're getting heated and then they start having this private conversation with somebody. And the next thing you know, they're like for hours just, and then they're just so anxious because of this fight and they're just like ready and ready to go. And it's not healthy. Right. You know, and I think, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think it's remembering that, that perception that um, part of that having a perception is our brain's way of trying to keep us make decisions quickly and it's not just you know I'm experiencing it but so is the other person and so we might be filling in gaps and making us assumptions in that because of that um, that's part of the way our brain functions is to make quick assumptions and to be able to act on those quickly Um, just be aware that that's happening and and um, we might be missing something yeah, I was just thinking that I I don't, I don't mind the word righteous. It's you know a good word, um, but I and I understand in that phrase we're trying to use two R words. But my favorite word for that situation in these any of these situations is grace. And I love the word can, grace. Can engage in grace and mercy. those are powerful and they 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 can change our perceptions and our thoughts Mm. and the perception of others and the perception of others and so grace is my favorite word in this Mm -hmm. this these types of situations so when I do get heated and passionate and or competitive or whatever it is I'm feeling in the moment I try really against every bone in my body sometimes to be, how can I view this with grace? How can I view this with forgiveness? How can I view this with mercy? Because I don't want to view it 
with anger and anxiety and my own perceptions. And so I'm really glad that we decided to get behind the masks of perceptions today. And I feel like it's been a really healthy conversation and I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about next. Yes. Oh, was that a hint that you wanted to end this? <laughs> yes. I don't think I could get any clearer, but you know, hey, end now. <laughs> so, like blooper reels? <laughs> I was like, we've got like four feel. minutes left on the 20 minute timer. Okay. Well, it's I guess okay. we're good. We can actually end early. It's good. <laughs> What's great about this topic is it covers a lot of different things. And so amazing. I think like we expected it to go one direction and it actually kind of veered a different direction that I thought we would come back to in the future, but is super, super important. I, it's a topic I'm passionate about is how we yeah. treat others. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. This, this episode is on YouTube and most major podcast platforms. And if you're not a subscriber, we'd love for you to be one. So don't forget to like and click the subscribe button to keep up with our upcoming episodes. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Behind the Mask PC. You can also email feedback or future episode ideas to us at behindthemaskpc at gmail.com. Links to myself, EJ, Lori, and T will be in our description box. And on behalf of the ladies and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.